dragon. That's what I Sounds amazing. That's where I want to be. be. We just sucks now. Uh-uh. Aww. Their song... They're uh, still nice boys. Uh, what's it called? What it feels like summer. I like it that they just came out with. Never heard it. Their, to- their cover of Africa... Is good. Don't say anything bad about it. so fucking bad. I liked it. Here's Deuce. the thing. Here's the thing. Let, let me explain to you why you like the, the Weezer cover of Toto. Because the Toto song is fucking amazing. Yeah. Weezer's... Attempt at covering Toto is fucking awful. And you think that just because the song is so good that it's like anyone could have fucking sang it? Yes. Well, Caleb Weezer Absolute sang it. Fucking and I like Are we recording? Uh, yes, we are. <laughs> and and yes, I'm going to cover it, and I'm going to do it way better than Weezer. And if you want to hear a really good cover of, to- of, to- of Africa oh, by uh, Toto, uh, Reliant uh, K. Reliant K does a what? much Reliant better K's good. Reliant K is amazing. Are they? They're yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> I remember them being a lame Christian band. They That's all I remember. Were. They a lame were Christian band at the beginning. Talented. Okay, they, so tell me, you guys know Skillet? I, yeah. I know of Skillet. I haven't. Do you heard guys know Skillet. Lamb of God, the Christian band? I do yeah. not know them. <laughs> I saw Skillet. <laughs> yep. If you agree uh, with now me, we that know Weezer's you've just been wasting your time. The Weezer's cover is awful. <laughs> Fuck. <at me. laughs> I actually saw some of our. I'm not kidding you. I actually saw some of our listeners on Twitter talking about how Weezer's cover of Africa was shit. No, you did not. Yeah, I swear to God, I did, and I almost jumped in, and I was like, "Preach," but I didn't. <laughs> but I'm gonna talk about it. <clears throat> All over the podcast today. I'm going to be in the middle of gameplay and be like, my own death is horrible, but not as bad as Weezer's (laughs) shitty cover of Africa. Dude, I'm glad you got three fucking health for level five. That's funny. I like the Weezer's. Weezer. Hey. Episode 31. The Weezer's. Oh, yeah. Like a family. Uh, It was plus charisma. What was? Your health. No, constitution. No. <laughs> Whatever. You I don't just, have any. You think that laughter is the best? Are you a bard? <laughs> I don't have any constitution modifier. Um, this this episode is brought to you by John Mellencamp sucking on a chili dog. The NSA is trying to sell us hot dogs. That's true. Me and Caleb were screaming about uh, John Mellencamp slurping on chili dogs before we got started, and on my sucking Instagram, on a chili dog. and now my Instagram is full of hot dog advertisements. Uh, well, it's more full of hot dog advertisements. Hot dog. Uh, you guys are level five. Welcome to episode thirty-one of Hit Dice. Hey, woo! Hey. That yeah. was delayed because we were. Excuse me, all I have drinking. whiskey to pour. Oh, hang on, Rachel's pouring whiskey into a giant cup. That's only like half full of Coke. <laughs> she brought a tiny Coke and a whiskey flask. I have another tiny Coke too. Making whiskey cokes on the fly. Ooh. Make sure it tastes okay. I drank out of one of those cups, and there was rust on it, and it made my mouth taste weird. This one looks clean and just, nice. <laughs> a quicker question would be, is there rust in your cup? Yeah. My cup is clean. That's neat. Speaking of goose mouths, uh, let's talk about level five and what you guys got. Dragon Roar. <laughs> I'll admit it, guys. What? Yeah. I like to play Dungeons & Dragons. I know it's all make-believe. Shocker. Nerd. It's all make-believe, and it's all conjecture, and it's all based on rules that one guy made up in his basement, but I like it. I hate the things you like. And I like Toto's Africa, yeah. as covered by Weezer. Oh, my God. <laughs> I bet you listen to, like, fucking Pete Yorn and shit, too. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't even know. James I don't even. Yeah, do you listen to it? You're beautiful. You know what is a badass song? And I was listening to this last night, and Charlotte walked in on me. Christina Aguilera, that ain't with a man. Yeah, uh, great song. Fucking badass. It's a song. good God song. Damn, dude, I was like feeling it. That album is actually pretty good. Only a denim jacket. <laughs> uh, should, I, should I show them? 
they they need to know. Oh dear. Oh, yeah, sure. Hold on. Hold on. I did I'm in no hurry. Are you going to show us a I, dick pic? I did something extra. Left. It's on a really big iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed up till 6 o'clock in the morning. Is that a 1-inch penis on a huge iPad? <laughs> well, on the iPad, it's a 3-inch penis. So. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, hey, we're all going to hell for our sins, and we're going to burn for eternity for doing things like playing Dungeons and Dragons. And shopping. All right, I guess we... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if that's where we're going, this is the best way to prepare. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Sure it is. You get to Problem the gates of hell, solid. and he's like, "Roll a constitution saving. <laughs> Roll for that's initiative. Ball, okay. Satan, you sound like a dork. <laughs> also, I brought my own dice. <laughs> His AC's twenty-two. He's being charmed. We got this. Not, not with my new stats. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> not with my twenty-six health. As long as we're talking so about bad. <laughs> so bad. That's really so terrible. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I got along this far with it. Mm. I mean, I'm a wizard and I have 32. <laughs> Bard I mean, with hey, 36. The, the most, no, the most attack. <laughs> I'm the fucking tank now. What do you I, have? I'm, I'm, I'm 38. Damn. And what do you have? 36. Nice. Hey, as long as we're talking about that level five, let's it. just get right into it. Um, so now we can whoop the devil's ass that we're all level five. Um, let's go around the table. Tell tell us who you're playing. Give us a little, a quick physical description, and then tell us what happened in your level up. Because everybody is level five after episode thirty. We'll start with my left this time. Got Caleb Hanks. I'm playing Van Dingulus Ulysses Fart Baby. He is an elf. He is an arcane trickster rogue. He has light blue skin. He's a high moon elf. For those who give what's a he high on? Fuck. He's high on life and black tar heroin. Oh. But he, uh, also, he has white, beautiful hair, slick back, that uh, shaved on the sides, whatever, that conformist haircut that all the boys have. <laughs> what did you call it? The economy bro cut? Yeah, the economy bro cut. <laughs> and then um, he's just wearing like a, like a tank top now. Oh, and <laughs> the last session. And what? Why? He changed his shirt off and like put me in the before, yeah. before the the battle in um yeah. in with all You'll the fun. that uh, he took his shirt off because oh. everybody was making fun of his clothings. Who? Who? That lady. She was like, "You're trying too hard," and he was like, "Oh." Well, someone that, did say that. That hurts. <laughs> so he looks cool. I don't remember this. I don't either. The, that's it. Um, During your uh, makeover, Sapphire Deville. Oh. Sapphire said he was trying too hard. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay. It made me insecure. He was like trying to hit on her. Oh. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to be nice. He was talking about his outfit and her outfit, okay. and she was like, All right. she, yeah, she, was she said she yeah. liked patches and that I looked goofy, and I she read you for filth. What did you level up? Oh, I'm level five <laughs> now, and and I, up I got of three more health. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you're so dead. And then I can. Do I need to talk about my new skill? Yeah. I have an uncanny dodge thing now. Explain. Where if if somebody attacks me, I can use my reaction to half the damage. That's pretty good. And I think I can do that multiple times, you guys said? It's like once per turn. Once per you turn? You can use your like reaction, reaction to just also, uh, does it just happen? Like, does it just you work? You use your yeah. reaction and it just works. Yeah. So it, you don't have like, to roll for but it. But then you don't have a reaction, right? You can't do an opportunity attack or Yeah, you don't get to do or... all of your extra little bullshit and <laughs> like sneak attack or trip. <laughs> 
He's talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking to all rogues your extra little bullshit. <laughs> I'm pointing right at Alan, but I am talking to all the rogues out there. <laughs> Son of a bitch. No, I am talking to all the rogues out there at the table. Rachel Watkins. Hey, I am playing Callista, our tiefling bard, who color-wise is a photo negative of Guy. I'm like the guys Guy. Damn it. Van. No, just call me Gus. Van. It keeps... Okay, next time, can your character have more than three letters in the name so I can remember it? No. I'm going to keep this going forever. God damn it. You're still just going to be Guy or something else forever. Yeah. Anyway, um, Callista is a tiefling. She has um, like pearlescent white skin, royal blue hair, um, solid gold eyes. She's absolutely gorgeous. Dancer, um, musician, and poet. Um, and as a bard, leveling up to five, she's had a very good night's sleep uh, and come out the finally. other side a whole new woman, basically. Yeah. Um, Demon woman. Basically, yeah. Um, hit points are up to a maximum of 36. Nice. Thanks to something I forgot to do at third level. <gasps> Oops. <laughs> um, I was supposed to double my proficiency bonus to two of my skills oh, at third level, and I trace. forgot. So at this point now that my proficiency <clears throat> bonus has gone up, right. those two are doubled, and I have jack of all trades. Okay. I will be adding a 10 to every roll per, for performance oh, and persuasion. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to be great. I, I rolled a two, and it's still a, probably a pass. <laughs> still probably fine. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. why. It's above like, average. Yeah. Um, also, my um, spell save DC has gone up to 14. Nice. I now know three cantrips and eight spells. Woohoo! Did you take any new ones? I did. Um, I took two new ones because I, I can, each time I level up, I can drop one mm -hmm. and add another in its place. Right. And then I had one slot I could add a brand new one to as well. So I have added your favorite, Liaman's Tiny Hut. Oh, <laughs> yes. We're going to be so well rested, every, you guys. It is every one of the guy. most mm -hmm. fucking useful spells. Every right? bad guy has yeah. dispel magic now. Mm. Everyone. Fuck them. They have scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also added um, Glyph of Warding. What the fuck is that? That's a fucking good oh, spell. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, explain, please. It's an awesome spell. Um, yeah, so Glyph Lehman's of Warding. Liaman's Tiny Hut is bullshit, and a magic hut shows up that you can sleep all night and no one can bother you and if during the day you want to do that you can still do that you could be in the middle of a battle with the big boss and if they don't have a way to get rid of it and you cast it we then just you just hide hang in my out and hide there. Take it's also rest. invisible, right? No, it's like no, opaque. it's opaque. Yeah. We From can see inside, through it. Invisible. They you can't can, see back yeah. in. And just so that everybody knows for effect when it happens in game, uh -huh. what you're going to see is, you know, on the cooking competition shows when they do a mirror glaze on top of a domed cake. Mm -hmm. and it's Are that you talking specifically about the Great British Baking Show? Maybe. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> so it's, that, it's that galaxy finish that's like the swirly dark yeah. blue with the glitter. Yeah, cool. That's what that shit looks like. And like the most recent season of the Great British Baking Show? Quite possible. Possibly, yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I might have watched that week before Say last in its entirety. Sponsor, the Great British Baking <laughs> yes, Show. Yes. I added a another um, yeah. tiefling spell that I can cast once a day, which is darkness. Garbage. Ooh. Okay, great. That's awesome. No, I because love I'm this. hellish. Also, what a good what? level up for you. Also. My um, Doss Loot is going to get destroyed this episode. Doss Loot is great. I can only use each of those spells once a day. Garbage. Yes. Uh, my um, inspiration, you will now get a D8 when yeah. I inspire you. Fuck yeah. And Holy I shit. now have Font of Inspiration where I regain all of my spent Bardic Inspiration slots on a short rest or a long rest. Oh, cool. Hey, this episode of Hit Dice is brought <laughs> to you by a party West full of the to worst kill fucking classes in the game for a DM. 
<laughs> I love level five. Thank can you. you. Can that you was briefly, a really good level one. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a huge level. It was up. big bar. Can level. you? Yeah, I can. It takes a while to cast, but I can either in like an object that can open or close, like a book or a mm. box, or on a surface like a table or a wall, um, inscribe a giant glyph. And there are a couple of different ways you can set it to go off. One is just if somebody walks in a certain distance, things like that. Um, and it can basically I can set it to be a bomb and explode when yep. somebody sets it off. Yep. Um, there's another way too, but I you was can, more interested in the bomb part at this yeah, point. So I didn't put through it. a spell in it as well. Yeah. It, yeah. And you, you can, can put like, any spell, spell that you know, spell, right? yeah. you can yeah. set yeah. in it there. Can be healing. That's a big one. That's a big Calista's, one. Pretty excited. Calista's, uh, OP support now. Stoked. Yeah. Also yeah. the tank. Well, yeah. sort of by minus well, two points. Speaking of the tank, <laughs> the rogue and the bard. We got Alan Clark. One of the rogues, pardon me. Playing Patches, the half-elf rogue. And Patches is super pale uh, and bald, and but he wears a cowl and black leather. Uh, he has some super cool new daggers mm-hmm. that are also black. Oh, by the way, I got to retcon this. I was wrong. It's the same It's the same principle, but it's 1d6. Is uh, For every six points of damage you do, you get healed one instead of four. Okay. Well, I had plus one for every four damage that mm-hmm. I do. Well, so I also well. got uncanny dodge. Um, <laughs> Both so, rogues hit level five. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh, and, and also, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if anyone said it. We all have a plus three proficiency bonus now. Mm-hmm. I'm now up to 38 hit points, which is fucking Jesus pretty crazy. Now mm-hmm. I understand why you guys are saying my 26 sucks so fucking bad. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> no, and last, to my right, we have Jonathan Ganong. Cool. And I am playing Arwell Tink Tink Garrowin. Um, he is a divin- divination wizard gnome. Yep, he has white hair. Um, it's long. He usually wears it up in a top knot. Mm-hmm. Um, short, three foot four inches. Um, usually traveling robes. Whoa, pretty really practical. Short. I know, I was I just, I I was just about to say that. Short. I was like, four God inches. Damn, that is it's really short. Super short. You guys four, like, how, do, how do we not like trip over you? Yeah, I know. God damn, you said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he wears a metal glove and has like a little crystal on it that says arcane focus. Just imagine um, how small that glove is. <laughs> I know. It's, <laughs> it's like, the cutest thing. thing in my head. Like, just like, <laughs> on my shoulder. It's like the opposite um, of the infinity gauntlet. <laughs> yep. So I leveled up to five. Cabbage um, patch doll sized. It's not too big for wizards, except I get level three spells, which is good. I took lightning bolt because Arwell nice. loves lightning and mm-hmm. also slow, which will be mm. very useful. Mm-hmm. It's crazy utility spell. Yeah. What does slow it's, do? It's, what do you think it, it does? So in a, like a 20 foot <laughs> cube space, I can think? affect up to six creatures and all of them get negative two to their AC. Um, they lose half their speed. They can only take one action, period. Mm-hmm. And then if they're using a spell, it goes off the next time after they start casting it. Yeah. Wait, um, haste is the opposite of slow? For Interesting. One yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. I went up to 32 health. Um, and then have a, my spell save DC is 16 now, which is awesome. Damn. Nice. Um, oh, and then shit. I have a plus eight to my spell attack bonus, which is badass. That is badass. Um, oh, I have plus nine to stealth and plus eight to uh, sleight of hand now. I oh, my God. Um, Remember yeah. when times were simpler and you guys were just trying to figure out if the groundskeeper was cool or not? Uh, <laughs> right? Oh, man. Those With our days. two insight. Um, <laughs> uh, we still suck at that. So. We still yeah, suck at that. Please take Known that. Known in our uh, party is very wise. My insight got boosted mm-hmm. the fuck up this time, though. So. Nice. 
Okay. Maybe I'll know some shit. Level 5 is brought to you, beautiful, beautiful, gross, beautiful listeners, by Tabletop Loot. Woo. Tabletop Loot, uh, they're like they're like our mom and dad. They've they've had our back since the very beginning. They've been supporting us. They are the reason we ha- can keep a website and a podcast on the air. Costs money to do those things. It also costs money to buy dice, but it could cost you less money to buy dice if you shopped over at Tabletop Loot and use the code at checkout, hit Dice Pod to get 15% off or whatever the fuck your gross little heart desires. You guys want to play Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. Yeah. Me too. But we can only continue playing Dungeons and Dragons if people stop by the iTunes store and leave us a five-star review. Here we go. We got our second two-star. Uh, we got our second one-star star? review. Oh, did, they, did they say anything? No, uh, no, nothing. It's just no. one-star review. See, that's but not fair. We've gotten both of our one-star reviews after we release an episode. Right. <laughs> Dared people to go leave us a one-star review. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe stop doing that. <laughs> I love our listeners. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So uh, there's a shit ton going on. But, you know, if you don't know what's going on, you should go back and listen from episode one. Because yeah. it's one hell of a ride where we got to. Because I'm going to start recapping from just before now. Here we go. You all were in Yulrafan. You came here because the Council of Lords recommended that you go to the Glacier of the White Worm. You guys said, fuck you. We're taking Volna home. She's our new friend, and she needs escorts, even though she specifically told us she didn't need escorts. <laughs> and so you went to Cormanthir, and you ended up in Yulrafan. And while you were in Yulrafan, you guys got into some antics, saved the town, then turned into, like, enemies of the state of the town. And Wait, where are you talking about? Yulrafan, the swamp town. We didn't. Save the town. The town. Yeah, you did. The zombies were happening. Oh, 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 oh. Then you didn't save the town. Like two hours later, we saved it. The town. The town ain't there no more. Yeah. (laughs) And Thruster Grael, the black dragon who is disguised as a fellow prisoner with patches, destroyed it with a few of his cult members. He took the tablets of Frisselneth, which you all had previously peeped and I believe taken grave sketches of. I don't know what those are called. But you know what I've heard. But you know what I'm talking about. Bless you. <laughs> and um, you guys found out a few secrets, mostly uh, secrets to the Tearfall, secrets to how dragons came to magic, and secrets to raw magic and how it exists within the universe. After uh, Thruster Grael, a.k.a. Velvet, destroyed Yulrafon's ports, uh, completely killing like probably 200 people, you got out of there, you met Sapphire DeVille, everyone's unanimously favorite NPC in any campaign of all time. Yeah. And uh, you ended up in Cormanthir, and then inside of the Elven Court. I'll give you just a quick little brief description of exactly where you are, and then I'll tell you what's going on where you are. So, as you were walking into Cormanthir, it's really beautiful, and you're fine, who cares? And it's just like there's this supernatural magical light coming through all the leaves of the trees, almost as if they're those old gaudy glass lampshades that, like, your grandma used to have, you know what I'm talking about? They were colored, and the light is coming through those, but you can see it all over the forest, and as you're walking through the forest, it it seems like the species of trees are... Alan's got got that lamp in his house, and he's pissed about it. Um, but there are like rings of trees, like a tree <laughs> ring, like all the way into the center of the forest. I like those lamps, Alan. Uh-huh. Everybody does. Leave us a five star review if you like those lamps. And I as all lamp. of these different trees are coming into the middle, you see a lot of really incredible, beautiful sights that are inspired by this forest and the magic that is within it. This magic is all around you. It's obvious in your fingertips. It's obvious in the static that follows you around. But as you come into this place, some trees have brilliant, bright red leaves, which is a really strange contrast to the green ones. And they have many different patterns all around them. And you start to notice that Volna is following these all the way to the Elven Court. 
What's stranger is that as night falls, these red trees aren't the only ones that are glowing, but all the trees around you are glowing a bright, brilliant green. High ancient oaks, you can see the light warmly cast outside of them, like casting outside of their leaves. And then you hear voices and laughter. Glasses are clinking. Music is playing. The treetops are actually domiciles. You can see the silhouettes of the people moving inside of those and walking around these enormous trees' bases. They hang high in the trees, these domiciles, and low to the ground. During the day, it would be easy to mistake them for like shrubs or the tr tops of trees, but at night, it's very obvious that people are living in these. And they're really intricately and beautifully made, almost as if they grew out of the trees and these elves just happened upon them through the magic. And as you come in here, you all all like greeted with a hearty welcome. You're rewarded with 2000 gold. You're given uh, counsel with the queen of the high court immediately for bringing her daughter back home. Van, you all find out his name is the calamity as you all walk in here is greeted as well. You all are rewarded well. You find out that the brother, Elishor, of Valna is about to perform the blade rite. And these blades have been with the elves for millennia. But the blade rite has not been performed for two of those millennia because they were lost to the drow elves when they took over. But the Hanali elves, who Valna is a part of, have retaken this part of the forest and they're trying to reestablish their trade within the Dragon's Reach Sea and all of its port towns. Um, <clears throat> so knowing this... You all decided, uh, one way or another, that it was in your best interest, whether it was for personal gain, the drama and satisfaction of it all, or just helping out your friend Valna, that one of you should participate in this. And you all were arguing about it for a little bit over that. Like, you didn't need to rule the elf army, but eventually you found out that this blade right could actually prove all of your accusations true or false. Um, and so you guys decided to go for it. Patches start up a, just a little drama. And uh, <laughs> you guys are in this elven court the next day. You had a long rest. You're all feeling good. For the first time in a while, you got cleaned up. But as you walk into this elven court, there are a, there's an audience all the way around the outside of this royal chamber. And within this royal chamber, there's a really intricate golden throne. And the queen of the elves sits here normally. You all, I don't think, have asked her name, but you have heard it in passing. It's Silivrin Hanali. Um, her skin is a unique neutral shade. It's a wondrous mixture of tan and ebony. Her eyes watch everyone and everything patiently. Her head is adorned with a huge horned crown. Delicate golden chains that cover the crown sway with a flick of her eyes as she looks around the room. Gold adornments sit on either side of that crown and a small gir girdin, gird and small golden <laughs> curtains frame her face. Um, you've only seen her break her composure once, and it was when you had a private audience with her and Volna when Volna had first returned. You saw her choke up and her lips quiver a bit, but you haven't seen her break her composure quite past that. She is a very strong elven queen. She single-handedly reunited these elven armies and took the land back from the drow. And so she is respected and renowned for that. And she is now trying to pass it on to her son, essentially retiring, saying she has done all she can. The son, Elishor, wears rich greens and browns that flow over his entire body. The dyes are deep and obviously expensive in his clothes, and they accent his strikingly handsome face. He has brown skin that is slightly ashen. His brown eyes pierce your gaze, but they are closed right now, set in focus as are Arwul's. He sits across from him on his knees. You all have no idea what's going on. The strange thing is there are three swords floating around them. Um, and as this is all going on, there is a quick chant that all of these elves said together. They were essentially talking about how the clan moves as one and you work for the best of the clan. Um, and it was uh, more or less this pledge of allegiance that you all did before Arwul decided he was going to do this blade right. 
And as all of this is happening, Valna, your friend, is sitting over in the corner very quietly. She voiced to you all that she was just going to let her brother do the blade right, that she didn't think it was going to go well at all. And you guys were basically like, nah, fuck that. We're getting in. <laughs> we're, we're getting in here. Expose him. <laughs> as usual. Um, <laughs> we yeah, don't care what Valna says. <laughs> well, the gist of it is, uh, and Valna claims this herself, that her brother... Uh, is essentially the one who sent her to the elemental plane of fire. And we went there and we rescued her and brought her back. Um, and uh, he's a real shitbag. And the, the, their mother is not totally convinced either way, but like patches is, I'm convinced. Um, and hell yeah. <laughs> uh, we're trying to expose his, uh, his crimes or, you know, um, his amorality. Is there anything that you all would like to do as Arwell is walking up? He is in the Blade Right. Arwell is, in a sense, out of this room. Started, I'm, like, so he's I'm like, standing he's there with trans. my arms crossed, tapping my foot. Okay. Would I be allowed to sort of bless my friend before this begins? Like Bardic Inspiration or something? Like maybe enhance space ability? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Um, you cast that. It's a willing creature, and Arwell wouldn't yes. fight it. Even though he's in a trance, yeah. like he wouldn't fight this. Um, like it, is, it does require <laughs> the range's <laughs> touch, so I'd have to actually... Mm, what? It, the range's touch, so I need to actually be able to walk in and um, lay a hand on I him. will say that you do notice that no one is interacting with the two mm-hmm. who are in, being initiated into the Blade Rite. That's not to say you can't go up, mm-hmm. but are you just trying to walk up and touch him? Yeah, I just want to walk up, and it'll almost look like I'm just saying a quick little prayer over him. I guess I'd like to look up to the queen and ask if it's okay if I do that, or I don't want to disrupt the the rite. It's tradition that whoever enters the blade rite enters alone of their own accord. Prayers have been known to be said over this. We are being watched over even now. So I assure you that any help your friend might need, he, in a sense, may receive. But I'm not one to stop you. I am only saying that if anything were to be interrupted, that would be on you. You know okay. we like to touch shit. Right? That's sort of what we do. Um, patches. Yeah, I'm just, I feel like we're all in this together, and I want to give him every advantage I can in this, since it's not what we came here planning to do. Sure. And I feel like what we do, I feel like, I think Calista feels like she is part of the reason why everyone is here and in danger from okay. time to time, because she's the one that wanted this party to get together and make an epic tale for her to write down, and she's feeling a little bit guilty about that right well, now. This, that, yeah, yeah <laughs> these are some dire straits right now. Yeah, um, you so. guys are fully aware that the Blade Rite can be deadly yeah. if, if it if failed. Uh, like, you know it can be yeah. deadly, and if it's not deadly, like, the consequences are still very dire. And, like, you can lose your mind, you can lose yourself, you can mm-hmm. lose your life. Um, there are a lot of consequences. And so, Calista, yeah. like, imagine a giant hollowed-out tree trunk. Like, humongous. Mm. And big enough for, like, 60 people to stand in a circle around. These trees are huge. You guys are essentially in a story that is made out of, like, a section of that tree trunk. And you can see outside of it through that, uh, like, stained green glass. It's a good way to think about it. There's a throne in the dead center. The queen is standing in front of it. The audience is completely around the outer wall, like, standing on it and watching patiently. Though most of them are elves, there are a few other races sprinkled here and there. Callista breaks that circle of the Mm -hmm. audience that is sitting around, and you walk up to I stop at the edge where the swords are going around, and a little trepidatious, and Callista just whispers, um, sword spirits? I know this is for Arwell to do himself, but what we do, we do as a family, and we come together, and Arwell's our representative. Um, so I ask your leave to come in and give him my blessing, and I just quickly sneak through between two of them. Sure. <laughs> really quickly lay a hand on Arwell. 
Yeah, and these swords, they are moving around, and as they are moving around, they do all look different. Uh, but the most important thing is that they're they're quions and their hilt. The quions are the little edges to the top of the metal part of the hilt. Mm-hmm. So if the blade sits on a base, it's that base, and the okay. edges of that base are the quions. And so uh, they do have different colored gems in their quions and at their hilt. But each of them have a different energy that's flowing around them. It looks physically different and it feels like emotionally and magically different. But they all look like they're made of pure iron, like they were pulled from ancient stone right out of the earth. And as they are floating around, they don't speak back to you, but they don't interrupt your passage Mm -hmm. into this place. So you are now standing in the middle of these swords. They're slowly, all three of them, hovering around you. One of their energies is brighter than the others, though. One has this sort of holy golden fire around it and it crackles up and down it like electricity the other two don't seem to be activated if you will in this mm-hmm. way but uh as these are floating around the queen uh stands she looks she's she has like fixed her gaze back on Arwol and her son Elishore. she's no longer regarding you really okay. uh, her hands spread out but you're in the middle okay. nothing okay. seems to and i'm not planning you. to stay but i just really quickly kneel beside Arwol and i put my arms around his shoulders and i'm like halfway laying down because he's so tiny bless <laughs> And I say, Arwell, I'm pretty sure at this point that you're the best of us. Good luck. I grant you the wisdom of the owl. Cool. Hashtag bless. That's advantage yeah. on anything mm-hmm. wisdom? Um, yes. Ooh. And it's an owl. I know you're pretty wise anyway, but. No. <laughs> no? No. Okay, good. Not wise at all. So and as it lasts for up to one hour. Cool. And based on my concentration. We're going to talk about what's going on with Arwell for a little bit. So you all, you all are essentially on looking, and as this whole thing happens, uh, regardless of the, I don't want to say consequences, but like resolution of this, it doesn't seem to take a very long time. Uh, but Arwell, it feels like uh, not an eternity, but a long time. Like time is more relative than it was before. Like it's hard to grasp the definition of yeah. it. And as you're coming through here, it's like you're passing through solid earth and you can hear it grinding and moving around you. Then all of a sudden you're in this dark chamber, uh, this void almost of darkness. And as you were sitting in here, you hear a voice and it comes out to you and you're alone and it echoes as it speaks. And it just says, you have prodded me. You know me. You've read my thoughts. But I do not know you. Who are you? ASL. <laughs> H-Sex location. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <All> aim. <laughs> um, I kind of like lean forward in the darkness, I guess, and I'm just like, um, yeah, my name's Arl Garwin. Hello. You would notice that this voice is speaking only in Elvish to you. And luckily you speak Elvish, so you know what it is saying. Um, then I respond in Elvish. And it's speaking telepathically. Okay. Uh, well, you would know this. I would think. Like, especially as a, di- as a divination wizard, you mm-hmm. would know yeah, the yeah. difference between telepathic totally. and not. Uh, where some others may have to roll for it. I'm not going to make Arwell because <laughs> yeah. he's very well, familiar with this. actively kind of think in Elvish. Okay, great. And so as you were thinking in Elvish, the blade speaks out to you once more. Arwell, the first time I was ever to attempt this one. And how does that Unsure. And as this happens, a blade appears. It floats out from the darkness and it sits in front of you. It is made of raw iron. Its surface pitted and craggy. And appearing from far away as it comes in, if it was, as if it was carved from pure stone. An ancient elven crown rune is stamped in gold at the seat of the blade, just above the quions. The blade glows with golden light. 
which crawls and crackles across it like an arc of electricity. And it's just continually doing this. The blade speaks out to you and says, You realize these tests are meant specifically for Delos. The best is a way as always. You cannot be me or my brethren. Why are you here? What do you hope to accomplish? Justice. And how do you hope to accomplish this? By proving my intent to help out Delvish people that we helped reunite their daughter to her family and justice. Make sure everything is settled between their family and peace will last for the elves. Justice, a relative thing, determined by people in the seat of power, which has them now assuming you are performing the way, right? We do not have. What makes you think yours might above others? I think everything is relative. Um, I think by me doing this, um, it'll just add another piece of knowledge to the existing judgment that will be placed. Everything is adding to a better understanding for objective truth. And even knowing that to wield you would kill you. And knowing that that you never killed you. I don't know. I'm not planning on building you. Many wise answers. You've asked the first test. That was a test. <laughs> <clears throat> and as this is happening, the blade, it floats back and away from you. You can see that energy crackling off of it as it disappears into this place and it turns black once more. And as it turns black, you realize that this entire time your eyes have actually been closed. And that's why it appeared dark. And it's hard to tell if you were somewhere else or if you were having visions of this on the back of your eyelids. Right. But as you are starting to realize that your reality is reshaping around you and that you're not sure exactly where you were, it's like when you wake up from falling off of something. Mm -hmm. It feels a lot like that. Yeah. Like you realize you're somewhere else all of a sudden and then the reality of the room you're in just comes rushing back and pungent iron fills your nostrils. A strange metallic mist begins to hang all around you. Home. The ground is a strange color and texture beneath your feet. The sky itself is crimson red, but everything else seems to be in place. The strange earth around you, however, as you look down at it, has faces. Thousands of faces. They all stare at you blankly, and then it all comes rushing back to you. The reality of where you are, of who you are, of who these people were. And you know they're all dead. Every single one of them. Your family, your friends, your trusting soldiers. You've led them all straight to death. But they fought well. Only a single other figure remains standing here. It seems like a suit of spiked dark armor sitting atop a black horse. The horse's mane is ablaze and its burning eyes pierce your own as it looks directly at you. The same gentle breeze that carried that iron smell to your nostrils makes the mane of this horse flicker and dance as it lights on fire. The rider looks at you, unmoving. A malicious-looking sword hanging lazily in their hand reminds you of the weight of your own weapon. And as you look down at your blood-soaked blade, you realize that it resembles the blade right sword you just saw exactly. Its weight and raw power make it easy to forget the paper that you have clenched in your other hand that has a metallic gauntlet over top of it with a gem in the back. 
you sit on this field with all these dead bodies around you, this figure standing before you, a crimson sky all around you, um, a sword in one hand, a piece of paper in the other. I read the piece of paper. Or yeah, so you uncrumple yeah. this paper, mm-hmm. uh, and it's blank. There's nothing on either side of this paper, as, you, as far as you can tell. What did you say it was on the front of the piece of paper? It, it seems blank on both sides. Okay. It was crumpled up in your hand, though, like you were holding it tightly. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought you said something about a picture of a glove. No. With a, okay. No, it was in your gloved hand. Oh, and I was being okay, specific gotcha. about your gloved okay, hand. Perfect. Sorry. Um, can I just, like, investigate the piece of paper? Okay. Totally. Uh, 25. Holy shit, really? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> as you investigate this piece of paper, you are you feeling pretty confident that it is blank. Uh, but you do notice that on your gloved hand, there is ink on your fingers already. Um, but the paper is dry. And you would notice that there is a small pouch at your side, a small like adventures pack like you would carry around. And there is ink on it as well. Okay. Um, but as far as you can tell, this paper seems blank on both sides. I'm going to put the sword down beside me. Okay. And I'm going to wave at the person on the horse. <laughs> uh, yeah, so as you wave at the person on the horse, they clinch their sword. And you see this like really dark spiked helmet and these eyes pierce through it. And it's not like mm-hmm. the eyes themselves are red. It's as if some strange red light is reflecting off of them as they open. And you can just see it gleaming off of them. And it speaks out to you in this weird, echoey, metallic voice. And it just says, your people are dead. And you led them here. My armies, they close in on your home. It is you and it is I. What will you do now? All your hope is lost. Your army is dead. I have won. You have laid down your weapon. As I predicted you would. What have you won? The war between our peoples. Your land is mine, as are all of your precious items. Your trade, your government, your standing. You'll just be alone. I don't see anyone else here. Ah, no one else is here but you and I, but my army is a mass of your people, ready to slaughter, ready to plunder. How did I lead my people to this circumstance? Um, so the more that you think about this mm-hmm. reality, the more it begins to come back okay. to you. Sure. And so as these things are coming back to you, I want you to roll a wisdom saving throw for me. With advantage. Oh, with the owl thing. Space ability. Mod 20, nice. So as this is happening, you realize that your people have been, they've been wronged and they've been stolen from. And as this was happening, you were chosen. You were selected as the leader for this army. Uh, Your army was not necessarily overwhelmed in this particular battle, Mm -hmm. but it was your whole army. And they're all dead and they lie before you now. And you would know this uh, person, whether it be a man or woman, you're unsure. Uh, this armor covers them completely. There is like you you don't really remember exactly who they are, but you would know that they are at least the leader of this army that you were fighting that is trying to take your land back from the people mm-hmm. that you were able to win back from them. Right. And their armies are, you would know, actively closing in on the land that your people like the citizens basically are living inside of. Your army has fallen and are dead all around you. OK. And so as you ask this question, yeah. you remember all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but this person doesn't say any of it right okay like doesn't say anything actually can i sure do what i know that they're like actively hostile toward the people or like yeah okay yeah you would know that i am going to pick up my sword mm-hmm. and kind of just 
not actively wielded, but just and kind of walk toward him. And I am going to tell him you're there is nothing to gain here for you. Um, there's no army. These people are going to be slaughtered. There's nothing for you here. Um, you should leave. And as I say that, I'm going to cast suggestion. We pillage the village and <laughs> pruned the hedges. <laughs> yeah, it was safe. Steve Martin. Okay, I've got it rolled already. Okay. Uh, what's your DC now? 16. Yeah, with the 16, you don't, this person does not leave. Okay. Um, and they do speak out to you, and they say, Nothing to gain here no longer now that I have conquered your army, but much to gain in your rich land, many trades to own, many people, much influence. This is only the first step. I can't let you hurt my people. And I'm going to kind of hold up my sword and be like, if I win, your army leaves. My army has already been given their command. And as you say this, this malicious looking dark sword is held up and pointed right at you. You have already lost the battle, your sword of no use. And you think you can defeat me head on. Even if you do, then what? What of your people? My goals are larger than myself. Yeah. Um, you see the you see this horse starting to like get anxious and or move. It's like a smaller version of a nightmare, basically, which you've yeah. seen before. But this horse begins to like shift from hoof to hoof, and it starts to look at you and buck and like. And so you alone, like standing here at your regular height, are sitting before this demonic horse with a demonic rider uh, suited in full plate mail with a sword pointed right at you, like in the middle of this field. As, uh, as Arwell is in this yeah, and you all are sitting outside <laughs> no, you're good. and you all are sitting outside in this room, Arwell looks completely peaceful. Like he's almost sleeping, like, but on his knees, as does Elishore looks the same way. They both sit on their knees. They are like leaning over almost as if praying. They look completely serene. They don't like have any weird spazzy jerky motions like when you are dreaming and having a bad dream. They both look completely entranced. It's only been about 10 seconds. It doesn't seem mm. like much time has passed at all. Got ourselves a couple of knee sleepers. <laughs> so, what were the three swords? It was knowledge, mm -hmm. leadership, uh -huh. and, and warrior. And warrior. Okay. And you and the brother are currently in the leadership blade, right? Okay. I'm going to cast Detect Thoughts. Sure. Um, and I'm going to read his thoughts at the moment, at least at surface level for now. Yeah. Um, so, you cast Detect Thoughts, and you would notice that... You've cast de de you've casted detect thoughts many times before, mm -hmm. and you get these little pings around the room, almost like Wi-Fi hotspots, if you yeah. will. And as you notice these pings, that's how you can know if there are other thoughts in this room and how many thoughts there are in the room. You can probe each of those as you're following through them. And as you cast detect thoughts, you realize that it's as if the entire reality you were in is one singular thought. Right. Um, it doesn't seem like a thought is coming directly out of this person in front of you, but it, as if it's all around you and everything's consciousness except for yours and everything's perception and reality except for yours is coming from one place that mm -hmm. is like overwhelming everything around you. But it is still and it is like it's waiting and it's being patient like yeah. this entire thing as it is also creating this reality around yeah. you. Can we come to an accord? Where my people will be safe. This thing, it, it, and it is, it is really strange. Like, as you're mm -hmm. talking to the suit of armor, it doesn't respond as quickly as somebody else would. There's not, like, this body language of, like, sitting back on the horse, of getting comfortable, of getting aggressive. Right. It's like a pause, almost like a computer program or something, mm -hmm. if you will. And then it, like, processes what you're saying and speaks out to you, and it says, 
The only way your people would be safe is if they left and they knew we were coming. But they don't. It's just you and I and your dead army. There's nothing you can do for them. It's too late. You had your chance. I gave it to you. Now it is time for action. Uh, and I need you, as right. this is happening, yeah, to make I'm, a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Uh, 17. Wow. Okay. Yeah. With a 17, you feel like all of that thought that's around you, because mm-hmm. you still have to detect thoughts up. Yeah. You feel it start to like not creep in, but you feel like even the air around your head is a part of this reality mm-hmm. and it starts to pull like something has like grabbed the inside of your mind and pulled it and you're able to fight that off just for right. a second. Like you're able to concentrate and focus and you're like, no, are well, you got to do this. You're like able to talk yourself back into right. this and but you do feel something start to pull at you and something start to assault you in a sense. Sure. Trying not to fight. I want to help my people, but I'm better at thinking for my people than necessarily fighting for my people. Is it's Ori's with me, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Just making if sure. you want her around, you know. Yeah, I mean she's my familiar. Yeah. I want her around all the yeah, time. She's around. Okay. I am going to with the ink on my hand mm-hmm. um write a letter um and say I'm holding off this person, whatever his name is or whatever, um, as best as I can. He's bringing his army, our army. Yes. Yeah. And as you were writing and this letter, mm-hmm. it, the horse begins to walk toward you. That sword is poised directly toward you, like your sternum as you're um, writing these things out. And I out. finish it off and I give it to Ori and I tell her to bring it to the people. Okay. And as Ori is flying away, this horse comes up to you mm-hmm. and this sword is plunged toward you. What is your AC? As it's doing it, they roll a three. Yeah, they go to like plunge this sword at you and you like you've seen this in a really it's not it's not a dream sequence right. that you've seen before. It's more like deja vu, mm-hmm. which you're not as used to right. navigating through, but you still quickly like see this sword coming to you while you're waiting on it. You're like, no, I see where this is going. I feel right. like this has happened before. And you move to the side. The sword goes to the side of you, and as it goes to the side of you everything goes dark and as everything goes dark and around you this blade speaks out to you once more and it says well your people should always come first we serve the clan before we serve the self before we give into the ego we accept the pain we embrace the death we are here for our people that's why i was craving and you. As it starts talking, it falls Cling! hard onto the ground in front of you out of the sky mm-hmm. without completing its sentence. And as it clangs heavily on the floor, everything goes silent. OK, um, I don't know if you ha- what the most quiet place you've ever been in is, but there's like a pressure yeah, to silence. Totally. And you start to feel that pressure and you almost start to hear this buzzing around mm-hmm. you. But this sword just sits on the ground in front of you in this totally dark place. I am going to my detect thoughts is still up. Yes. So I'm going to kind of just fill for thoughts in this room. Uh, you actually don't feel anything except your own thoughts. OK, um, I'm going to take my wand out and mm-hmm. I'm going to just kind of create some light. You create some light and it, it seems like it's just absorbed into this. Darkness. Yeah, okay. it doesn't seem like it's really doing anything. Um, like the darkness swallows it as soon as you can create it. Like it's not creating shadows or lighting anything else. There's just now like this flare in the middle of this room that you've created essentially out of this okay. wand. Um, I'm going to snap and I see if it echoes off something or 
Yeah, it's just like that's all you hear. There's no snap. There's no reverberation. Okay. You hear the snap of your fingers. And what's really crazy is when you're in a place like that, you mm-hmm. can really tell how things work. Like there's not a lot in the world that's like reverberating or like interacting with you. You can just feel and hear your finger hit your palm as you snap and there's nothing else. It just kind of thuds to completion. Okay. You saw this light out, I'm assuming, um, as, as long as you're t- not telling me you're putting it out. It's kind of... Yeah. Um, and that uh, that electricity, that power and that light mm-hmm. that was coming off of this ancient sword before, it is n- no longer happening. Okay. Like, as it clings to the ground in front of you. You can see that golden elven crown rune at its hilt, and the queons on each side are black. Oh, so it's not, like, pitch black. I mean, you can see this be, okay. thing. That's okay. it. It's almost like a spotlight was on it that's not hitting anything else. And the queons on each side of the hilt are black, and then at it, the base of its handle, there's a, like, red gem inside of it. But everything else, it looks like this really crude stone, but, like, beautifully artistic blade is just sitting on the ground in front of you. Is there anything that I'm feeling, like, any magic pulsing at all what's really strange is that it just feels like you were in some sort of simulation almost Mm -hmm. and that like any bit of magic that may have been happening has just stopped okay yeah it's completely changed like the room around you i'm going to kind of just draw some glyphs and stuff on the ground and see if they pulse with any energy or like any magic yeah they they pulse with a familiar magic okay like like they seem to connect and it seems like that is still active in this place okay. but anything that was coming from this sword directly and any thoughts that you were feeling up until now they okay. disappeared that i'm gonna pick it up yeah you go to pick up the sword and just before your hand hits it it starts to rattle and vibrate on the floor and it flicks back up into the into the air and out loud it just looks at you and it goes are you doing this is this your turn? And as it flicks back and forth, it says, and it like lashes out at you really quickly. And it's going to roll a seven. Nice. Um, And so it it rolls a seven. uh, What's your AC? 13. It misses. And so as it, you, 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 you have seen this in a dream and like in this weird dreamy trancy place, Mm -hmm. you, you're very familiar. And as it swings out, you jump back. And as you jump back, this sword falls to the ground one more time. And it says, who could do this? And as this happens, I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw for me. You feel yourself being pulled from this reality. Like your mind is being pulled back through the looking glass as this is all happening. Natural 20. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with a natural 20, you go to look up at the sword and you feel this pulling on your head. You turn to look at it. And as you look at it, all of you see Arwell's eyes open and he looks around the room. As you were looking around this room, Elishore is still kneeled in front of you calmly. Um, there doesn't seem to be any change of expression on his face. But Arwell, you were back in the elven court. All of these people around you, all of them looking at you. You hear a few gasps as Arwell's eyes open back up as he's still alive it doesn't seem as if anything has changed up until this point you come back in knowing you passed the first two tests like it's uh, this yeah. innate knowledge that you did it but um, you were told there would be multiple and I, you yeah, just, look to the queen immediately and just be like one of your swords is in trouble like there's magic that's happening I wasn't able to complete the test and it tried to attack me and ask me if I was hurting it and she, uh, she asks, and what did it say? Are you sure it was not a test? It was losing its magic in and out. And it was... You all can hear him saying this, by yeah. the way. You were in the room. Everyone and was hear, asking you me... This, you hear a few yeah. gasps, like, oh! like, around the room. But everyone leans back in to, like, hear exactly what you're saying. And was asking me specifically if I was the one doing it. The rights are lost to us. We have no idea how they go. So it may be in our best interest to continue letting it until the swords respond i want to roll and i guess it would be 
I'm going to try investigation. I'm going to look at the dude, the other dude that's mm-hmm. trancing out. I want to mm-hmm. see if he's holding anything weird. I want to see if there's any sort of weird magical anything he's doing. Okay. You rolling insight? Should I roll insight or investigation? If you're trying to see if he's doing anything weird, you're rolling insight. Ten. Hey, with a ten, you don't notice anything. He's been, he's actually been extremely calm since he he has come here. Like, you guys were yelling accusations before this, and he didn't flinch. And the sword ride had not started. He was not in it. He was just, like, kneeling and ready to enter the trance. He didn't flinch at you guys' accusations. And now that he is in the actual sword ride itself, you don't notice anything either. Would Detect Thoughts be up from that interaction um yes because if you entered a different reality with it like another plane of existence it would not go away so i'll rule that it's still up um i'm going to read elisher's mind Ooh, interesting uh his surface level thoughts he is being very calculating Mm -hmm. he is thinking uh about the sword rights test and how he must pass it uh how he will do it at any cost he is actively not unlike yourself Thinking critically. Mm-hmm. Um, he is attempting to pass this test, basically, and he is going to do it at any cost. And he is, like, very focused on whatever task is in front of him. Mm-hmm. You can't read exactly what that task is. Uh, I'd like to go deeper. Okay. He's going to do a wisdom save. Uh, what's your spell save, DC? 16. You go deeper, and you realize that he is forcing something to submit in front of him. And that his thoughts are mixed with something else. Okay. You feel like two sure. thoughts are coming out of this one being and you can feel great pain coming from him he feels an enormous amount of pain but he feels an enormous amount of strength and knowledge at the same time and that strength and knowledge seem to be coming from something else they're not his own voice like when you're when it's not even necessarily a voice that you hear from somebody when you're detecting their thoughts Mm -hmm. but like a like a fingerprint of the way they think and you're noticing two distinct thought fingerprints as you're burrowing into his mind Uh, what are they thinking anything in particular just uh, they are, I mean, you went deeper, so they are thinking that they are going to own the sword finally, and that it is the, it is the first that the, that Lolth will have, uh, with her army. Um, this is when I start speaking up and I speak to the queen again, and I'd be like, Lolth is helping your son right now in this trial. What makes you say this? Um, can you it- prove this? Your friends come in with many accusations, but... No proof so far. I'm trying to think if there's any way I could prove this. Ar- Arwell um, is able to know the minds of others. It's a skill we've seen out. him use before. Yeah. Yes. The swords, the sword right, as far as we understand it, will bring any truths to light. Any guilty people in front of the council will um, be judged. And if well, they're, is trying somehow, to, they're trying to outsmart it. If he has somehow the brought knowledge power. And be like, in Elvish, and be like, is there any way you can connect her mind to mine? The sort of knowledge, it does not respond to you at this point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you guys, is there... You like how speak can out we to prove this? Happens, yeah. How basically. can... We need to be proving this. You're saying this to them. Was there yeah, something specific? Everyone in the- was there something specific that there was no way you would have known without yeah. seeing it? Um, you would know that there is like great pain coming from his side as if he has a broken rib. Like I told okay. you, he was feeling pain, yeah. and it's like a—it's like one of his ribs is broken, okay. basically. Um, then I'm kind of just describing all of the thoughts at this point, trying to kind of pleading to the queen, yeah, and be like, he's in pain. There are two thoughts. There's two different thoughts in his head. One is his, and uh, the other is Lolth. And they're talking about they are going to finally own the sword. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in pain. His side hurts. Like, okay, Arwol, as you are pleading. <laughs> 
Um, this is funny. I want to let you guys know that I rolled the lowest possible thing I could roll in this. Um, as you're pleading with the queen, you she speaks out to you. And she says, the ancients, our ancestors, they say that to come out of the blade right is to pass it. So I can only imagine that you have. And to pass it would mean that your accusations are, or at least have, some sustenance. And, Truly, just want uh, the best for your people. Or well, you're, you're you're passing the blade light right. You're going to live uh, another year more than you normally would have um, if you were to die of old age. See, <laughs> when you pass you the blade right, you get. <laughs> yeah. glass. Wasn't there something about a chicken sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you do get a chicken sandwich. Free Chick Fil A sandwich, please. For a year. And it's one dollar share and cockroaches. Yeah, speaking out to you. In addition to this. Passing a blade right, uh, mm-hmm. though you did not become a wielder, uh, you declined it when it when it asked when it told you you could not wield it. You agreed with it. Um, a lot is rushing into your mind, like attuning to a magical weapon. You mm-hmm. you realize all these truths about it and about yourself. Passing a blade right with one of the original blades that was literally created out of pure magic and not by anyone else is, at the very least, you know you can't mm-hmm. r- rule the self army. Right. You're not an elf. No. That's just the way it works. And like progression and progress and new ideals aside, these uh, these blades, they were made in a different time by a different energy. Right. Yeah, I was really drunk when I said you could rule the elf army. <laughs> <laughs> like in game. And you would you would know you would know three things. Okay. One is that you feel Arwell's 130, he feels 129. Oh, <laughs> and <laughs> and you would know that you couldn't have wielded this blade ever. Yeah. That it would have killed you to touch it. And in addition to that, you, through these blade rites, you touch the weave. And the weave is what the elves mm-hmm. refer to as the magic that exists and has always existed in this world. And because of that, you acquire a higher understanding of magic, right? Mm-hmm. And with that higher understanding of magic, you're able to tap into the weave and into those things. And you felt them when you were inside of that blade right, And you came out of it on the other side alive. So every single attack you ever make from here on out will be considered a magical attack. Okay, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so nothing you ever have will be bludgeoning or slashing, or it will all be considered magical, which... You just became the front line in the war on the dragons. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, which means you can basically hit anything, even if you're not, you shouldn't be able to. Right. Um, but as this happens... Two bludgeoning fists. <laughs> two damage at a time. Magic fists. <laughs> I have to... As this happens, the queen walks monk. over and asks you, she says, show me where the pain is. I point on my body. And she says, Where? Show me on him. I will. And then I go over and I put my hand gently. Like on his ribs? On his ribs. You feel a really strange metallic bump under your hand, like a stone. You can't. His elegant elegant dark brown and dark mm -hmm. green robes cover it, and so you can't really see it. But you can feel something protruding from his ribs underneath your hand. And I look to her kind of inquisitively and be like, There's something. Yeah, protruding from his ribs. And she walks over and she lifts this or his shirt up, uh-huh. um, his tunic, basically. And as she rips it up, you see like these purple and black veins spreading out from his ribs. And he is like gaunt and you can see his stomach sucked up and under them. And like where his health, skin is like healthy and copper and brown and a little ashen um, above <laughs> all of his clothing. This place is dark and bruised and strange. And in the middle of it, there is an 
eight-pronged pendant with a purple gem in the middle sunk into his ribs. And you all can see, like, this thing here. And it's, like, obviously magical. You can feel the static, like, coming off of Um, it. I tell her, don't touch it. And then I'm going to draw a circle around him Mm -hmm. and cast Identify. Yeah, as you cast Identify... I'll give you inspiration for blowing an identify on the thing because I didn't think that you would do this, honestly. <laughs> I, I didn't think about this at all. So I'll give you inspiration. Uh, you see Arwell, you guys are all like shouting a couple things, but you see Arwell really like taking the lead on this and like he's passed the sword right or the blade right and he's drawing the circle for identify. You know that this is a pendant of Lolf. Mm-hmm. It allows her to basically inject her thoughts and her will into a being. But in order to do this, uh, say Arwell, if you wanted to do it, you would have to be a willing creature. Yeah. So this isn't something you could just stick on someone. They make a they like fight to see if they can contain themselves. You have to be completely willing for this thing to overtake you. Okay. Um, and you would know that. But in a, if you were to take this on, you would gain many, many, many benefits. As if you were to take, mm, let's say a level three. Let's say you were to multi class and add three levels of warlock specifically with a pack to Lolf to your class. Yes. Yeah. You would immediately gain those benefits, and those would continue to grow as you did. It's a lot. Um. I tell this to the queen. Yeah. Um, and so and like, obviously it's a spider. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. Um, and with you performing the blade right and everything you can, everyone's gone silent stone faced like this audience that is sitting around you mm-hmm. and these swords still moving around you. You see the sword of leadership. It just falls out of the sky and it clings to the ground as all of this is happening. I think we need to pull him out of this blade, right? Because I believe the sword is in danger. There is no pulling anyone out of a blade, right? The blades control them, or they control the blades. However, there is something else we could attempt to pull, and I believe it is the pendant. I say we kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that helpful Uh, suggestion, Van. (laughs) Patch is good. Me too. I'm just (laughs) fucking around too. It um, might kill him anyway. Just, but can you just touch that thing? I mean, you can't just pull it off him, can you? Um, Who are you asking? Would I? The queen. Yeah, go ahead. Keep finishing yeah, that. Uh, I am unsure. I'm sure we can pry it from him. And if nothing else, really I'm sure we could cut a hole in his ribs and remove it. We have many priests in this room, and we have other help as yeah. well. I was going to say, are all the high, pri- high elf priests present? She looks around and she looks at you and she gives you like a really wry, knowing look for a second. And she says, we have all the help we need. Oh, I mean, yeah. Would I have thought if I touched it, anything would happen to me? I don't. Uh, you cast identify so you know what this item is. So, um, outside of anything that is actively hidden from a spell like identify, mm-hmm. you don't think anything bad happens if you pull it? You could try. Might hurt the user quite a bit. But I mean, imagine someone getting an ice cream, a hot ice cream scoop and like... <laughs> yeah. Um, Gouging a big chunk of your ribs out. Can Mage Hand go through a body? Um, it can't I'm going go into a body. Yeah. No. Not, it can't go through solid walls or anything. It can't go I'm through putting my gloved hand on the stone or the ass. pendant. It could. Or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm doing shocking grasp. Yeah. And as you shock this thing, you all see Arwell walk up and, like, with his hand over it, him still in trance, he shocks this pendant. And as you shock it, even for just that second, you hear him, like, like, scream out as you shock it. And his hair turns stark white and his head throws back. You see the skin melting off of his body. You see him aging hundreds of years per second and turning to dust and sand. This holy fire lights his entire body up. And in an instant, like like the shooting of a flare gun, he's dead. 
and he's gone and there's nothing left of his body sitting here. As this happens and as he turns to this dust, Arwell sits with this pendant in his hand. The sword that was lying on the ground, the leadership sword, like clangs, moves back up into the air. It becomes in perfect symmetry with the other three. And then they move back into those natural tree-like pillars on each side of the room and they meld into them. Like you would put your hand in water. They just like become part of this wood again, the same way that they came out when you all first got here. The queen continues to look at her son for just a moment. And then she looks up at everyone. Uh, Valna has not moved. But Iriath so Zen, Zen is in the room with you. And Iriath Zen, you see all these flowers begin to bloom on his spring-like body. And you see this big <laughs> smile creep across his face. Uh, and and he, he claps his hands together and he goes, Justice, my friends! Justice has been served! The evil have been vanquished! And all is well in the elven court. And as he says this, he begins to sink down into the floor. And then he goes, oh, and... Before I forget, and he walks over to Van and he grabs Van by the back of the head and like full on pulls you in and like kisses you on the mouth and he throws your head away from his. And as he's sinking into the floor, he goes, enjoy that, friend. That one's on me. And I appreciate all of you helping me out, bringing this horrible, horrible elven man to justice. If you ever need anything, well, at least one time you've been blessed by Iriath Zen. Just say my name. I'll come to your aid. Mm. You are a fabulous kisser, by the way. <laughs> he like was Beetlejuice. a Iriath, Iriath, Iriath. Hey, uh, nice fucking model. <laughs> uh, but with this, he does sink down in the floor and he says, I bid you adieu, friends. Uh, well, I just wanted to ruin his life. I didn't necessarily want him to die, but that wasn't really on. I think he'd been uh, gone yes. a long time. Um, yeah. I just look uh, up and you'd be like, I guess he felt the blade right. <laughs> My life. Oh shit. Uh, well, all right, cool. So we're done um, here. So let's uh, go and the queen to that. Hold her uh, hand up as Patches yeah. is talking. Uh, she says, "You are all dismissed. This will be addressed." I assure you. Go to your homes. Thank you for coming. And then she looks, she doesn't look up to the ceiling, but she does move her hand toward it like this. She flicks her hand up toward the ceiling. And as she does this, she says nothing else. And this is after she dismisses everyone. Everyone begins to leave. And she goes, obviously, I owe you a counsel. I've been grieving for a decade. One child lost, one with me. Now that one has returned, I lose the other. It is long past time I retire, and giving you all counsel and an audience will be my last act as queen of the Elven Court. And as all these people are clearing out, she's saying this in front of all of them, in front of all of you, and as soon as everyone clears out, the door shuts, the guards, you can see them stand in front of it. She says, it would seem as though you were right. We thought we pushed the drought out. We felt powerful. We felt we had conquered them. But of course, they have other ways up into our world. And there are more of them than us. And more than anything, they move as one all the time. Loth's word is their will. That is a formidable enemy. One I am very done fighting. But you all have done enough. You've exposed my son. 
you've saved my daughter, and you've brought peace to this elven court. I'll say that is momentary. In my hundreds of years of living, I've learned one thing. Everything comes in cycles. Pain and love and family and victory and defeat. And we will experience all these things again, as will my son when he returns. I will grieve alone, and you have an audience with me now. Do not waste it. Uh, My queen, do we have any other suitors for the um, position, I guess, uh, (laughs) of king? I will speak with my daughter, and if she decides she does not want to rule over the people, which it would seem she does not, and she looks over to her and she says, Volna, dear, speak with us. I am tired of this silence, and I need you at my side. What say you? And Volna says, I think these rituals are ridiculous. I think they lead to assassination, and they lead to violence, and they lead to corruption. And she looks at this, like, there's not even a pile of ash left. There aren't clothes, there aren't weapons where her brother used to be. There's only a scorch mark in the floor. Magic? Determining a ruler? It's fallacy. The people should choose. They should choose who rules them, who takes their land back, who said they wanted to come back here. You? The tablets? I have other business to attend. And I... I love you, Mother, but... People helped me when you did not, and I owe them much. These are among them. But there is someone I know who is in great pain. And I am looking to alleviate him of that, as he did me. I need a gate. One I can use and go alone, but one I would also welcome help in. You should give my friends, and she looks out to all of you, um... Any advice they seek, any wisdom you hold, do not play games with them. They've done much for us. And with that, she walks out of this place. Um, And as she walks out, she looks to all of you. She walks around you and you do see that elegance, that nobility, that people who have grown up in it, they carry. You see some confidence return to her. And as she walks out, she does glance to the side at Patches for a second. And you see just the smallest smirk on her face as she walks out of this door and as the guards move apart from her. Um, but she does, she walks away. Uh, she leaves this place. You all are left alone. Uh, you were in front of the queen. You have audience with, uh, Silivrin. She doesn't say anything to you. She just looks out at you. Was Volna, did we pick up that she was talking about her friend in need? Was she talking about the fire giant and the, um... Yes. Yeah. We think. She yeah. didn't say that, but you but can assume if you love. That's who she's talking about. I kind of wanted to ask her before she left. Okay, she's walking out the door. Do you want to scream something at her? I'm like, this friend you speak of... Is it the fire giant that they've told me about helped you get out of the elemental plane of fire? Would that change what you do next? Maybe. <laughs> His face. The calamity. As aloof and abstract as ever. That's why you like me. Mm. I suppose none of us can argue with that. Of course I'm going to help my friend Kravig. He helped me. As did you all. You all have received reward, and as promised, an item that can only be attained from the Hanali court. Kravig deserves the same, if not more. More. Totally, he helped us too. Yeah. Yeah. As None much of us as I, he is a good soul. 
a good life, one worth preserving. If they haven't killed him already, I intend to buy him myself, to bring him back here and to set him free. You can just buy people from the elemental plane of fire? Oh, yeah. That's pretty much all you can do in the elemental plane of fire. It's like human trafficking. How much is your fire giant friend, Kravig? I'll let you know once I find out. Find it out. (laughs) What is going to happen to you when you get back? I no longer have these links. I will be taking some of the guards and perhaps an Eldrin with me. I will come back with Kravig. I intend to go to the royal family's arsenal. The things my brother stripped me of, I will walk into the fire plane with. They stand no chance. And as long as I'm thinking about it, I got this for you. And she pulls out a very tiny black box, almost like you would put an engagement ring inside of, and she throws it toward Patches. I catch it. Yeah? Roll a, just roll a quick dex check for me. Checking. Uh, mod 20. Oh yeah, with mod 20 Patches, you catch it. <laughs> uh, so you have this small black box in your hand. Um, much like an engagement ring could be put in, you know, it's like velvet on the outside. It's like <gasps> black velvet. For me? Yeah, she's like, <laughs> She went you. to Jared. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> if you all have nothing else to say to her, she's going to walk out. I'd like to make the usual request that when you get back, I'd love to hear the story. It is the least I can do. Uh, you know my family. You know of the trade. Raven's Bluff is a large port town, and we have many connections to them. Ask for me. I will. And there may be a time... When we need all of you by our side for more, uh, shall we say, work to be done. I imagine that won't be a problem. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I open the box. There's a folded piece of paper in it with like ribbon really delicately tied around it. I untie the ribbon and open the paper. Yeah. You open this paper. There are many arcane symbols on it, uh, none of which Patches can read because he's the only non-magic user in the group. <laughs> uh, but you, you have no idea what this is. It is obviously some sort of magical scroll. Spell scroll. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. She gave it to the one person who didn't know how to use it. <laughs> oh, I love you, Valda. I... Okay, well, let's do the queen thing first. <laughs> <laughs> you just close it back and, like, put it in your pouch yeah. for now? Sure. Did we mention the tear fall to her in That's, our first yeah, audience? I was just going to, like, like no, totally okay. just so, go straight into the... This is, so. Yeah. So, Chris says, okay, so here's here's the deal. <laughs> yeah. <Play laughs> Basically, um, you say. we... Did not obviously leave specifically to find your daughter. It was a happy coincidence. We were able to find her and bring her out with us from where we ended up on the plane of fire. Um, The reason we're actually out doing what we are doing is because we know of an oncoming uh, calamity, shall we say? Um, (laughs) Hand waves. Much worse than the one that you're accustomed to here. Um, There's an event we believe is coming. We have strong evidence that an event called the Tearfall is coming. Um, We are seeking knowledge of this. We are seeking knowledge of dragons, the history of dragons. Anyone who knows anything that can be done to prevent it, to stop it. The Titans. and. Mm -hmm. We believe the time is going to come when all of our civilizations are going to have to band together to fight this off. Also, I heard something about tablets. Yeah, she speaks out and says, uh, the tearful. An ancient ritual used only once. The dragons attempting to overcome the titans. The titans were an interesting thing. No one's seen one ever. You understand? Mm-hmm. But it is said the dragons used and facilitated their needs with the tear fall. They rained eggs out of the sky. They were able to take over the land. 
And because of that, you're aware of the Dragon Wars, I imagine? Like the ancient Dragon War stuff? Like with humans, when elves were still teaching them magic. I think we've heard a thing or two, have we not? I, I can roll history, I, I don't but know dick please. About that. Mankind was being overtaken. And when I say mankind, I of course mean everyone, humanoids, anyone with intelligent, critical thought, who deserves to live, who has a soul, if you like to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. None of us would be here. Some, in a last-ditch effort, in an act of desperation, some higher mages created some orbs of dragon kind. They are powerful. They can destroy raw energy they can cast spells each of them different but most importantly they can call dragons and dragons cannot resist the call however you do not get to decide which dragons comes it's within a large radius a sound all of them can hear what do you know of the tearfall what dragons have you encountered well, most recently a nuisance to our people. A nuisance to all of us, I believe. Um, Working with the drow, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Though we haven't seen them interacting. Wouldn't surprise me. We have intel to believe that items he does not need, he gives to them. And items he wants, he tasks them with. Lolf and him work very closely. And the drow are still a nuisance. The more we speak, the more I think our destinies may be intertwined. It appears so. Um... On our way here, we sort of uh, witnessed, attempted to stop, but failed the uh, destruction of a town. Um, we believe that Thrustry Grail's lair is underneath it. It appears to be deep underground, which would make sense with the drow connection. And what awesome. town was this? Ilrathon. I imagine his lair is under it, for many black dragons create their lairs under entire bogs and swamps, mm-hmm. miles long. And why did he destroy the town? Yeah, he he destroyed it totally. He didn't tell us why. He was just really mad, and he just destroyed the whole town. He spoke to you not. He took nothing from you. He asked no questions. He tried to get us to join him. Yeah, he tried to recruit us or me. But we deceived him and killed his babies. (laughs) Yellow. (laughs) (laughs) And he took nothing more. other than the toll on the city, not that Don't we know of. For, oh, oh no, he absolutely took he, the tablets of... Oh, that's right. Rizzlesmith! Rizzlesmith! Gesundheit. And these tablets, I am familiar with Rizzlesmith, but what was on them? Well, I happen to have a... Fresh copies I made right here. We saw them just before the destruction of this town. I actually I pulled them out. The performance role that you had on Ta-da. it sitting here in front of me, so I know how accurate they are. <laughs> so you present these things. They look mm-hmm. like the grave scratchings you do with a crayon. And as she takes these, she says, how are these kept? How in the glass case. Mm-hmm. We weren't yeah. actually able to really touch them. In their containers, you could read them in full. We weren't able to pick them up. I asked. We were able to read the exposed sides, which is what you see here, my recreation of them. Uh, we I were not allowed to manipulate them. On them. And she says, curious their information was exposed and that he still took them. I'm sure there was and more to it. It's very curious. What did they say? Tell me what you think they said. They're, they're in draconic, um, <laughs> yeah. the writing that are on these. Um, okay. Um, you guys sh- tell me. I don't speak What draconic. was his name, the guy that, was, that showed him to us? The elf. Oriston. Oriston. Is, and he died. Nope. 
Nope. Oh, he's alive. Mm-hmm. But he's on his way to Cormorant Theorem, most nope. likely. Nope. He's going to help out the only leadership there. Yeah. Oh. And he'd ask Other you guys than that one to, guy who's missing. Yeah. And he'd asked you guys to uh, get his ass home, and that was a favor he had asked of you. I say Oriston has... Uh, Oriston, I'm sure you're familiar with. I'll give with. you inspiration for bringing him up, by oh, the way. cool. Thanks. Um, I say Oriston was the one that showed us the tablets, and I have to put in request from him now that the town is basically demolished and there isn't much to rule um, as soon as his efforts to kind of pick things back up and make sure that all the refugees are taken care of he has re- suggested or requested to uh, return to Corbin Theer yeah but he also didn't want to come with us when we were going to fucking Cormanthier after there wasn't any town left so. well he said he wanted to help out there for a little while oh my god I what a think nerd. it did they talk about Eracuse at all, or the betrayal of the dragons and the Titan Old God and Mother of Dragons mm-hmm. on the stone mm-hmm. tablets? Okay. Yeah, then I'll bring up how it brought up Eracuse's mm-hmm. betrayal of the dragons. Uh, he was a Titan of the Old God. Um, and the Mother of Dragons sacrificed herself to bring back the Tearfall and fight with Eracuse. She says, <clears throat> there must be something more. He would not take them if the information was on display. And as far as Oriston is concerned, he is a hard, dedicated worker. He takes his position seriously, and it is obvious to me he has cared for his people. I will make sure he is returned and taken well care of. When he A gets, small favor. When he gets back, he might have some further knowledge about if the mm-hmm. plates had any sort of... I mean, they did not seem to have any sort of magical properties when we were looking at them. I think we investigated them pretty thoroughly, but he might know something we not don't. As much as I want. She takes them, and as you say, we pretty think we, the, we investigated them thoroughly. She says... It would seem as though you didn't investigate them thoroughly no. enough. As she's looking over these, she gets the pieces of parchment and she creates a light, a magical light behind them. Mm-hmm. And as she grabs them and holds them up, she moves them over top of one another. And as she's holding these two cool. like inscriptions that Callista has made over top of one another, Arwell is the only one who speaks Draconic, I believe. Mm-hmm. You notice another message begin to form as these letters are forming over top of one another. I kind of squeak mm. and run over. Yeah. <laughs> just, just the circle hand. She punches you in the shoulder. And she goes, <laughs> oh, no. um, so <sighs> it says a lot, actually. It says that uh, the dragons attain this magic and that the where the magic came from was from this raw energy and that they use this raw energy to create this tear fall and that that came to fruition because of the sacrifice of the mother of dragons, basically a god of these dragons. Uh, her name was Io, and I, which is literally I-O, yeah. the letter I, the letter like O. Like the moon. Jupiter. Yes. Moon. Yeah. And as she sacrificed herself, this pure divine energy came out. And in order to contain and to collect this divine energy once again you would have to make a divine altar and with that divine altar and with four sources of pure raw magic you could create the second tear fall so you would essentially have to ref- it's a reflection of what she did so um, we, we know even, where that is yeah, yeah we may we? know where the divine altar is and uh with that it also you realize that ferisleneth was you guys have read enough about dragons to know that metallic dragons mm-hmm. are uh, for the yeah. most part, considered good dragons. Frisleneth, you all would know, is a silver dragon. And within this, it actually Which says Frisleneth, the silver dragon who wrote the tablets. That okay. You all found yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the perfect energies, if they come together, you can not suppress them or destroy them. But if you were to also find these ingredients, the ones that were mentioned in here, four sources of raw elemental power, of magic at its roots, basically, you could 
attune them to the altar. And through attuning them, if you destroyed them, it would interrupt the channeling of that energy and it would be able to destroy it and the divine energy and the altar as well. But you would need something that could perfectly balance all of those energies and hold them in a perfect state. So you would essentially need to engineer something that could clasp and hold all four of these things in the same place that you could also carry around with you to without dying right. like a gauntlet that holds all the stones. Yeah. Some, it, some would say you could hold infinite power <laughs> if you were able to form this. Gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say we use Arl's gauntlet. I love that idea. <laughs> I it's need to be bigger. Get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. So she says all of these things to you. Um, and then I'll tell her we also ran into uh, Unitazasis and Zizarth. Unitazasis. That rings true. A green dragon, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Yes. One that used to rule these lands with a drow. That used to hire them. Uh, to acquire items, relics, mm -hmm. tomes. But other than that, I know not. We think he much. might be the caretaker of the shrine. Yeah, you guys mentioned he was down there and he killed that kobold with a skunk. Uh, yeah. Look, <laughs> if you all have any other questions of my counsel, I am happy to answer them. But I feel mm. as though the reward thus far has been great. Yeah. And my daughter speaks truth. If you need our armies... All you do is ask. If it is reasonable and if it truly does affect my people, we will rally. I have spent too much time doubting you, your insights, your wisdom. You have proven yourselves to me. And the blades have proven your friend to all of us. An ancient ritual that goes deeper than any of us remember. That said, I believe our destinies are intertwined. I don't know this. I have no visions. I have no counsel. But I believe you will find answers underground. And I believe the answers that you find will in turn help my family. You may clear some of their depths, though you not need clear all of them. I am sure of this. And as she says this, she walks to each of you. And like as she is speaking, she is doing what I'm about to describe. She kisses each of you on the forehead. She like pulls your head in and very gracefully bends down. And it's just this very light kiss. You barely touch, feel it on your forehead as she expl is explaining this. Our destinies are not only intertwined, but I am ensuring your safety in this forest, your navigation through it. There is a tower, one I believe the drow elves to be using to their benefit. It's called the Twisted Tower of Ashaba. It is a direct route underground. I do not know much more than this, but uh, feel free to clear its depths. The kiss that I have given you on your foreheads is a blessing. You will not become lost in the forest. And the way you will walk for the next 24 hours will always be true, as long as you are within my land. You are connected to the weave. And if you kiss any surface in this place you find that could be advantageous for me and my people, you will transfer the blessing and it will become something else. A beacon for my people. I do not expect you to clear this place out. I do not expect you to overturn their forces. All I expect is a scouting mission. And all I will look for are the kisses and the wards that you will place in the Tower of Ashaba. And any we find 
will be rewarded greatly. We're going in, aren't we? Well, <laughs> if we happen to have to kill a couple of drow on the way, hey man, casualties of war. <laughs> With that, remember, you have helped us greatly. You have returned my daughter. You have exposed, you hear a pause and a quiver in her voice, my son. You have brought our people to light when we have fought hard to reclaim from the darkness of under the earth. What I'm saying is, you have done enough. Tend to your own business now. Meddle no longer. Move forward with what you understand to be your truth. You have fought hard for others and for too long. So do not clear this place. Leave that to my army. We will clean anything you give us sign to. And if you need help in the future, all you need to do is ask. And we will be there. Know the Hanali have your back. Well, I was just going to tell her, um, some of the features of the Glyph of Warding is that I can set it to have a password so that it can actually be accessed safely by other people. Oh! Sweet. You're talking about kissing a thing and leaving her a ward. Yeah, or actually doing, like, casting a Glyph of Warding on something if I need to. Oh, it's like something okay. special to leave something for them sure. or mark something in particular. And she says... Though I appreciate your efforts, the glyph will not appear to us. We can only pass through it. If you were to leave a glyph and a mark, we could use that. Yeah. So when you see this mark, and I just sketch what it would look like mm -hmm. to show her, the password to access what I leave for you, there will be truth. She, uh, Evacuation, like, yeah. come. <laughs> <laughs> and this is greatly appreciated. Uh, as long as you remember to leave the kiss... We have people who can find it with no trouble. You understand? Yes. Good. For a second, she goes quiet. She closes her eyes. She does make a few gestures. Uh, you see her hands begin to light. Some runes appear around them, and she goes, It will be well remembered. And as I said, as long as you are helping the Hanali, whether it is with these blessings I have bestowed upon you, these glyphs that we are finding, or helping us defeat our enemies, you will never go unrewarded. I say, I love you. I'm now gonna, let's go shopping. I'm going to go over to Cliss and kind of pull her down a little bit and be like, yes, I know it's petty, but could you maybe just not have Landers ever come to the city? You should do something against Landers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, because this place is amazing. It, it really like is. He's never allowed to step I foot mean, here. I mean, I feel like he wouldn't be brave enough or able to even get here. I think? Probably not. But I don't know. He's sort of a... Should like pass smarmy, tricky guy. So maybe we should warn them about him. That he'll come bearing lies. So we just got to go into this dungeon and kiss shit. Basically. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there was a ward on this super hot elf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this seems important. Come here. <laughs> come here. Talked oh, about. Um, can we put in a uh, a request to Valna, who's not going to be the queen, but the active queen while she's still the queen. Yep. That Lander's not allowed in Corman Fear. Yeah, you you guys literally go. We don't want Lander to come. We said we said oh, we yeah. we have we have a uh, a real. I didn't say loud enough for anyone else to step close. No, so I'm. I just want to warn them about who Lander is, uh -huh. and that if he, I really don't think he's got the ability to even get here, but if he does show up, he's going to come full. Lies, talking smack about us. None mm -hmm. of it's going to be true, and he does not deserve your trust, time, or attention. Sure, you have proven yourselves to us. 
more than once, we hold you in high accord, and the Hanali family will always have your backs. No one will spread lies here, and at your request, this lander person is not to be allowed within our walls. Excellent. Are we leaving? I think unless... Um, we've gathered a wealth of knowledge from you, and we are grateful. Uh, there's a few things that I have to do before we leave town. Yeah. Okay. I need to I need to go pick up some magical items. I advise that we all do because this town is kick ass. Also, Look, fists are now magical. Also, there <laughs> is. A <laughs> um, guys, I kind of have to. He was one of the elf people. There's a there's a memorial service for Elvish Presley I, I have to go to before we go on the next thing. Oh, it, that guy. It'll only take like four we to six hours. We totally met that guy. Yeah. On the way out of the council, I'm assuming we're all just like talking and leaving. I went to like put my head back in and be like, sorry about your son. <laughs> Close. <laughs> yeah, so you all have finished your council. She bows her head and you see her. Like, as you walk back in, you so you leave, and then you open the door real quick. Yeah, you realize that she has already collapsed in her throne. Like, you can see her, like, her head is back. She's just, like, staring at the ceiling. And as you come in, you say, sorry about your son. And she, like, does not even move toward you. She doesn't lift her head or anything. And then you just shut the door back. You, you all are, as you're leaving town, you're going to make a, a few stops. But you are certainly, if I'm not mistaken, heading to the Twisted Tower of Ashabah. It yeah. sounds like it. Yeah, which uh, the Queen Celebrin told you all about. You are about to leave the city. You are going to make a few stops at some merchants, and you have officially earned the favor of the entire Hanali family. Volna is nowhere to be seen, but as you leave, you all know where the nobility of these courts are, and you see a bright light flashing as you're walking away and behind you, and you hear it, and you hear a very familiar bubbling and burning and you all, for Ugh. just a second, like you feel this cold sweat and you feel this PTSD and you feel this just almost wave of nausea as you remember your time in the elemental plane of fire. You, you smell this sulfur for only a moment and then you feel this red light wash over all of you and then it's gone as soon as it happened. Um, you all do not see Volna as you are making your way out of this town. Mm. You do, however, stop to visit a few of these shops um, before you head to the Twisted Tower of Ashaba, you have the blessing of Queen Silverin on top of all of your foreheads. Mm -hmm. She's promised you it will take you where you need to go as long as you are within her forest, and that if you were to kiss something else, it will mark it for her and her troops. And that's where we're going to end episode 31. Welcome to your Blade Rat adventure. This will not be easy or pleasant. Many have attempted to do it, and many have failed. In order to pass your blade right, you will need to succeed at a number of tasks. The first is to head over to Tabletop Loot, purchase a new set of dice, and get 15% off of your entire order of checkout. Using the code hit dice pod. The second and most important task is to leave a five-star review in an iTunes store. Finally, continue supporting this podcast by following them and interacting on any of their various social medias, such as Facebook. Instagram and Twitter. 
There, tag is hitdicepod. Visit their website, hitdicepod.com. And take a look at the fan art. Make some of your own. Or head to their store and buy unique items made by members of the podcast, including an adventure written by the Dungeon Master himself for you to run at home. Do all three of these things, and your soul rights will be successful. Until next week, adventurers.